at 8.32, let's get back to Yuji here in the traffic and weather. Well, starting off with North Riverside Gangbyeon Highway eastbound, traffic is backed off from Hengju to Hangang Bridge and in the opposite direction from Dongwo to Banpo Bridge. And across the River and Olympic Highway, Hanan-bound, cars are piling up from Hengju to Seongsan Bridge. And a road construction work is taking place on the first lane between Jamsil Bridge and Jamsil Steel Bridge. And a fender bender is spotted on the fourth lane between Dongjak and Banpo Bridge. So do drive with caution if you're around the these areas. Meanwhile, on Seobo Highway, Seongsan Bridge bound, cars are bumper to bumper from Gochok to Mukdong Bridge and in the opposite direction from Mukdong to Kumcheon Bridge. Moving on to Bundang Suseoro Cheongdam Bridge bound, a heavy congestion is spotted from Pokjong to Tancheon First Bridge. Weather-wise, today we're waking up to mostly cloudy skies and it is raining in Jeolla Province, south coast of South Gyeongsang Province and Gangwon Yeongdong. And in the afternoon, passing showers are in the forecast in Seoul, Gyeonggi Province, northern Chungcheong Province and inland regions of southern areas. Today, daily highs will be similar to yesterday, ranging between 22 and 33 degrees Celsius. And in central regions where the heat wave alert has been issued, the mercury will rise above 33 degrees Celsius until tomorrow. So make sure to drink lots of water and take extra care of your health. Leaving you with the current temperatures, it is 23 degrees Celsius in Seoul and the daytime high will peak at 32. That's your latest traffic and weather update this morning on TBS EFM. And as we do every Monday morning, brightening up the start of the week with the presence of Cedric Skysady and Elizabeth Hong, our Seoul Insiders, bringing us Seoul Insider, getting you filled in on some of the hottest news stories developing the capital. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning, Alex. (laughs) You... Regular drivers, I feel like I've asked you this before because we've talked about traffic-related issues before and public transportation, that sort of thing. Mm, but right. uh, for my benefit, but also especially for the benefit of people listening right now, let's get some disclosure here. Drivers? Yes. You're a driver? I drive. Mm-hmm. Cedric? Not since I've lived in Korea. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm a bit of both. Probably mm. taking public transport more, but uh, I do drive. So one thing I don't do is drive after drinking. Uh, at least not drinking more than a very modest amount, like possibly one beer, let's say. But even that, mm-hmm. I, I, I tend to agree with the camp that suggests it's not really worthwhile. Of course. Right, right. I mean, Well, I, I, only because one beer can sometimes weaken your resolve to want to have a second beer or a third <laughs> beer. <laughs> exactly. But uh, speaking of one you know, drink. Actually, I think a lot of people think, oh, just one, what's that going to do? It should be fine, right? But... There's been an incident recently uh, where uh, Yun Chang-ho, a young man, was killed. And because of that, the traffic law actually did change regarding that. That kind of was a good setup for that because um, this, ma- this boy was killed after drinking 
a, dr- a person who drank and drive hit him. Uh, he was in severe head injury for a couple months until he died in November. The accident occurred in September. So there's a new Yun Chang Ho law that was passed, and it took effect since June 25th. And the issue with UI has been a heated debate after his death. Um, and under this new law, your driver's license will be suspended if found to have a blood alcohol concentration of 0.03% or higher and revoked when the level comes out to 0.08% or higher. Um, and this is a drop from 0.05% and 0.1% respectively. So something to definitely take into consideration. Absolutely right. Um, so this new law has made it a lot stricter. You are more likely to have your license suspended, but p- potentially you could face tougher punishments still, right? You could end up spending quite a number of years mm-hmm. behind bars. Right. Uh, those caught will be punished up to five years of imprisonment or penalty fee of up to 20 million won. Those who cause injuries... They will be punished up to 10 years of imprisonment or penalty fee of up to 30 million won. And when a death is resulted, there will be an imprisonment for a limited term of at least one year up to even life imprisonment. So as you can see, it's a lot tougher as far as punishment goes for drinking and driving. And starting the 25th of June, as I've mentioned, there's going to be a two-month-long special enforcement period having sobriety test checkpoints in entertainment, recreational areas prone to drinking between 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. Well, I've just looked at a basic figure as a result of an internet search, and this comes to us through IndieStar.com. A forensic toxicologist said 0.01% is uh, actually considered a low reading, but it could be reached by having less than a can of beer or a glass of wine. Apparently, if a 150-pound male had Mm -hmm. one standard drink, uh, that would give them a a reading of 0.025%, which would be actually just under the level required to have your driving license suspended here. That would be defined as a 12-ounce beer uh, four ounces of wine or one shot of 80 proof alcohol. The thing is, as I said before, it, it, sometimes it's hard for people to stop at one 12 ounce beer, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. How serious is the problem here, Korea? Um, staying with you, Elizabeth, I know you've been gathering the, the data here before we mm-hmm. get to Cedric. Well, according to Corode, from 2008 to 2017, there has been 255,592 drunk driving accidents, leading to 7,018 deaths and 455,288 people being injured. So that's a high number. And I think what needs to be brought to attention here is the fact that this issue involves young adults. 24.2% of those who caused the accident were actually found to be in their 30s. Um, being the highest out of all age groups. And the death rate for people in their 20s actually came out to be 2.8 times higher than any other age groups. In terms of months, DUI accidents occurred most in December at 9.7%, with the most number of deaths occurring in March, 13%, and September, 10.5%. Days of the week, as we can obviously assume, is the weekends. Fridays and Saturdays rank the highest, with 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. ranking the highest number of accidents as far as time period goes. And fatality rates were highest between 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. So we can imagine that's usually the time when a lot of people have been, you know, just drinking for a long period of time. And obviously they're 
um, ability to drive is totally hindered. And that's the time when a lot of fatality rates occurred. So it's a really significant numbers that we have to think about. Thank you for bringing us those numbers to set us up here. We'll look at more numbers from other countries and perhaps also address what we can do about it. Uh, Mm -hmm. First thing that comes to my mind is the abundance of alternatives in this country, including having someone come and drive your car home for you. Um, But, uh, Cedric, maybe we become numb to these figures. We're, We're told about hundreds of thousands of accidents over the years, but... There's always this feeling, isn't there, with road accidents? Well, it's someone else, Cedric, isn't there? And you were able to speak with a few people to gauge that kind of opinion. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I was able to get the thoughts of several different uh, people who live here in Seoul and how they feel about the new change in the law. And uh, so basically what we were able to ask them is how much they knew about the change and whether or not they felt this change would be effective. So let's take a listen. I heard drunk driving law has strengthened and it is informed through the news and internet. Many accidents have happened because of alcohol and we should prevent in advance. So I totally agree with new drunk driving law. I think the strengthened drunk driving law will be effective for preventing the accident. People who drink will be more careful. In my case, I usually take the taxi after drinking. If you use taxi or pool, you can grab the taxi very easily. We can't drink before we drive. This is the fact. I think the strength in love is also too weak. People always think they are lucky. The government should strengthen its crackdown on drinking. We need more fines and stronger punishment. I've been driving in Korea for the past five or six years or so. I honestly think this is a necessary measure that should have been taken a long, long time ago. As I understand that the reason why the law has been made or changed is because a poor life was lost because of one drunk driver. Getting behind a wheel after having a drink means that you want to become a murderer. So I think this is a necessary measure, and I really strongly support what the Korean government has done. I think this is just initiative. I don't think this is going to change people's mind that quickly, but this is a necessary step. I think the best option is probably is one of the services that Korea provides. It's called Teriunjeon. It's having a certified driver uh, with insurance who will drive for you if you are drunk until you get safely to your house. Well, that's easy to remember for foreigners. Just just think of them all being called Terry. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. and, and that's a nice way to remember it. But that's a fantastic system. Yes, it is. And they're it not is. much more expensive than a cab, really. Right. And it really, I feel like, you know, because these options are available in Korea, especially because, you know, Korea is known for the drinking culture. And so I'm glad that they put this in and I see them everywhere when I, you know, when I go to areas where there's hot spots for drinking, there's always those, you know, a section where these drivers are just kind of hanging out and waiting for anybody who needs, you know, urgent driving situations to just be on call. The the other night, Cedric, I was in uh, Gyeongnidan sitting in a a bar and I was looking out in the street and it was not late particularly, I I guess maybe... uh, 10 p.m. ish there was a guy who was so drunk Mm -hmm. and he was trying to get in a car into the driver's seat of a car but he just couldn't work out how to open the door wow and 
I was observing this with great concern at first, but then I started to think, you know, has he even got the right car? You know, he was that drunk where it wasn't clear. And then some people slowly helped get him out the road more because he was in the road than trying to get into a car. But uh, he was trying for a good five minutes to get in the car. And if he had got in the car and started driving, I'm not sure whether anyone would have stopped him, um, including myself. It's a, it's an awkward situation. Sure. Um I don't know whether we need a better reporting system to, to help stop people who are in a drunken state get into vehicles. Uh, I know that um, in the UK there's great concern about this and people will get reported in pubs if they say they're going to drive. Some people will even just take their car keys off them. Um, Cedric, that though is well above 0.03%, which is not much more than a small beer, as I said before. What's the rationale of having it at that level? Well, medical studies have shown that 0.03% alcohol level actually puts you in a state of excess arousal and excitement, so that hinders the cerebellum, part of the brain, from the ability to help people make rational decisions and good judgment. And to your point, just like what you witnessed the other night, uh, that definitely hindered that gentleman. Mm-hmm. I think all of us, well, I don't want to say all of us, many of us will be aware that our judgment gets impaired, sometimes mm-hmm. even right. with one or two beers. Mm-hmm. In, in England, though, uh, I remember it being the case that you could comfortably have a couple of beers and, and still be under the limit. And Cedric, you've got numbers that... back that claim. I do, I do. So uh, in the UK, uh, speaking of England, uh, let's see, in England, Wales, and Northern Ireland, uh, the number there is 0.08%, so that is the legal limit. While in Scotland, though, it's a little lower, it's Mm. 0.05%. In France and Germany, they also follow the 0.05% number. Which would be roughly a couple of small beers, but again, these things get clouded over time. I mean, that that was one One male at 150 pounds, you could have a much bigger male, you could have a much smaller male. You're then not even counting women who process alcohol slightly differently in many cases, but maybe not universally. Mm-hmm. And there could be other medical complaints or medicine that people are taking or right. how much they've eaten. There's just like a whole list of factors. That, that this is why, again, maybe it's just best to abstain altogether if you know you're driving. Right. right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Moving on to the... western side of the world uh in canada it really depends on the province that you're living in but british columbia has a strictest drunk driving law uh which is 0.05 percent and you will get consequences at that level and it's also increased uh consequences for blood alcohol level above 0.08 percent so it looks like there's a little tier system of consequences there uh in the u.s washington state The death results from drunk driving are applied to first-degree murder. And so so it it seems that the police says that it is possible to reduce traffic accidents significantly by lowering the criminal punishment standards for drunk driving. And so uh, to liken that to first-degree murder seems to uh, definitely go in line with what they say. What you said about uh, Canada is very similar to what we're talking about here in terms of having a a staggered system with different levels of consequence. But uh, Japan also has a similar case to here in the sense that it dropped... drunk driving standards all the way back in 2002 to 0.03%. And so we can see what sort of impact that had, Cedric. Right, right. And so as a result of that, the death toll from alcoholic traffic accidents, which was in the year 2000, 1,270, decreased by 77% to 290 in just 10 years. So as a result of that decrease... That's a really big drop, actually. And we also have 
um, the fact that you can't expect to ride a bicycle instead or jump on one of those electric scooters that should not be considered mm-hmm. a good alternative mm-hmm. <laughs> that is now considered a violation uh, of the revised road traffic act uh, revised in september and also in other countries such as germany japan uk and australia and some of the states in the u.s also follow uh, penalties when it comes to riding a bicycle some people when when they're in that state where they can't even recognize their car or can't even get in the seat they're, they're frankly a hazard just walking home if you are drinking with a friend in that state maybe it's a good idea to keep an eye on them but if if someone's going out on their own well we can't expect a nanny state to watch over everybody can we um 7041 has said they they see more police cars on the roads in the morning nowadays saying it's a relief to see that these measures are being taken better late than never but 2219 um also does point out that hungover drivers are just as dangerous considering the traffic volume so um that that is a a concern obviously among some people that Mm -hmm. uh, yes it's good to be checked in the morning because you might think you're okay but you might not be okay right right i think i'm glad that you know we've changed it i I think from our statistic that cedric just mentioned we do see that there we're pretty on the lower side compared to other countries japan lowered it a lot earlier than us and they've seen significant reductions you know but When, you know, there's a mention that, you know, this is a crime and you know how you mentioned that in Washington, they consider it a first degree murder. But I think we can't take that lightly. It's true. It is, in fact, intentional, we can say even because knowing the possibility of what consequences we can, you know, bring about, right, when we do decide to drive after drinking, even leading to death, that's not something to be taken lightly. I I agree. It's not something to be taken lightly. I I think um, we're, we're entering the field of legal um, terminology there. I, I, I don't consider it to be the same as somebody going out with the deliberate intention of killing somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the culpability of, say, manslaughter, I think, could be punishable at the same level as first-degree murder. But right. th- this is just dancing around the jargon. I'm, I just mean to say that I, I, I'm... Not, <sighs> If someone is an ordinary person who's mm-hmm. not likely to want to kill anybody mm-hmm. and they know that they've killed a child, let's mm-hmm. say, as a result of drunk driving, that is likely to scar them as well and d- destroy the rest of their life. Right, I'm not right. saying we should have particular sympathy for them, but mm-hmm. um, it's an awful thing for all parties concerned. So again, we can deal with it with zero tolerance. There's a quote here from the father of late Yun Chang Ho, who's passing actually triggered this legal change. Can you describe for us, Cedric? Sure, sure. So the father says this, uh, even one shot or glass of alcohol in driving is a crime. And that even though there was a 30% reduction in the number of deaths after his son's death, there is still an average of 1.2 uh, people dying per day from drunk driving accidents. He also adds, the only way to really reduce drunk driving is to recognize that people who drink and drive are criminals, just like sexual offenders and robbers. So it, obviously he has very strong opinions about this based off of you know, the tragic experience he's just went through. Yeah, again, it's difficult to make these uh, equations. If you say, for example, drink driving is the same as a sexual offence, it kind of distorts the debate and perhaps leads us into an argument that's completely irrelevant um, right. and, and, and will perhaps have 
people who want to enjoy a drink and drive um, winning their argument when the real argument is should you be drinking at all and driving mm-hmm. um, regardless of whether it's the equivalent of some other offence um, and, and, and the thing is probably the answer is as we've said repeatedly here it's probably not worth the risk at all why right. drive after right. drinking and I think a lot of the times the problem is that people think you know there's that, always that statement where everybody's like not me it's right. not going to happen to me I'm a great driver. And then that's what kind of like leads. And the thing is, statistics show it's a lot of young adults, you know, who might be inexperienced and who might just think it's okay. It's not going to happen to me. And that's what I think traps us into these kind of situations where we do end up driving. And that leads to big consequences. Um, 4106 says drink in moderation. I think if you stay rational, you won't get behind the wheel. I mean, it's a nice idea, but Mm -hmm. again... (laughs) So many people do just just clouds the judgment even just a little bit. Right. The thing is, everyone's just like, I'm okay. I'm I'm not drunk. I, I might be a little buzzed, but I'm still, you know, cognitive and, and, and all of that. But usually that's the, at that point, you're, you're probably a little over the limit or you're running the risk of uh, putting someone in danger if you get behind the wheel. I'm playing right. devil's advocate here just a little bit. Um, and, and actually, we got a message here that helps me set up this point. 2219 says, with affordable transportation options in Seoul, it shouldn't be a problem for those who want to drink. Next, I hope the police go after drivers who use their phones when they drive. So, mm. even if we eliminate drink, mm-hmm. drunk driving completely, we still have the problem of people using their phones while driving, which is a, sadly a very common cause of accidents as well, it That's would seem. That's true. Um, on top of that, There's other factors which are just harder to judge, like how sleepy someone is. Mm -hmm. I was sitting this morning in a taxi Mm -hmm. looking across and there was a guy who was completely asleep at his wheel with a passenger who was completely asleep. And the lights changed and it required someone behind um, honking their horn to wake him up. And he put his hand out to say sorry. So he obviously felt he was in the wrong there. But it's inconvenient, isn't it, to pull over and sleep somewhere when you need to get somebody to home or you just don't want to be somewhere else so um these things also can be fatal but are we going to say that's the equivalent of first degree murder again it doesn't maybe help the debate i don't know but uh, it is tricky (laughs) it is tricky to driving driving in itself is dangerous right that's why we need to take the precautions whether it's drinking whether it's texting and driving right or whether you know these days with digital devices some people watch videos they watch movies and they watch you know variety shows i've seen that is true yeah people who've done that while they're driving so you you do have to be really careful any type of hindrance can really cause severe damages yeah indeed um i think we are without pointing the finger in all different directions we're probably all guilty of some sort of weakness that would hinder us when we're driving mm-hmm. um whether that is being tempted to check the phone or change the music or whatever right. it is right. um uh, whether that's just wanting to get somewhere when you're a little tired mm-hmm. whether that's being distracted even just by your kids i mean you know there's <laughs> all sorts of things that can make you take your eye off the wheel um but it's about limiting those risks, I guess, as much as possible. 3009 has this solution. When my friends and I drink, we often tend to have a designated driver. I think it works well in many ways because there's always a person or two who don't feel like drinking and they'd be happy to be the designated driver and relieve themselves from the pressure of drinking. All right, DD. I mm-hmm. used to be DD back in college. <laughs> you were so, an awesome friend, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you really like the idea, though, of driving a load of drunk friends home? 
Well, I think I was was trying to be a good friend. That I was one of those that takes care of my friends because I don't really drink. I'm not a drinker, so I don't mind. I, I like to have fun while I'm there, being with my friends and making sure they go home safely was my duty. There's always the mother of the group or the father right. of the group in the friend group. <laughs> exactly. Fr- fr- frankly, um, when, when I take. Um, The subway, which is my normal route in the morning, uh, and I see lots of drunk people in Ite One at about 6 a.m., that's one of the greatest deterrents. I'm just like, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not interested in drinking. I'm not interested in getting drunk ever again. Uh, hanging around drunk people is a great deterrent uh, f- good from point. drinking full stop, uh, although it's not much fun. Well done to you and your patience, Elizabeth. <laughs> um, right, thank you both very much. 7764 says, it seems like we really need autonomous cars developed. Yeah, I mean, people talk about the odd random incidents in testing for autonomous cars, but they're still probably much safer. Uh, we'll hand over to Inside Korea next. Uh, we've got uh, Na s u n g y o n standing by to uh, take us through as Yerika is on holiday today. And we'll hand over to your latest news headlines first.